Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. I'm Amy, general contractor. I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home repair. Welcome. Today, we're going to be doing what we hope to be a regular feature. An interview from the field. So we will be picking up uh, interviews and conversations with people out in the field, um, hoping to maybe talk to a plumber, maybe an electrician, Um, who knows? Who knows what what we'll find and and put a mic up to them and say, hey, what's the the remodeling um, industry look like right now? We're going to be talking today with project manager from Amy Works. And so what are we going to talk to uh, Susan about today? We are going to talk to her about the lumber prices and how it's affecting our uh, our business, home building and remodeling uh, as a whole and and where where it may be going or do we even know? Sounds good. Let's welcome Susan from the field. Hello. Hey, Susan, how you doing? I'm actually in the office. Well, we were going to talk a little bit about um, the cost of lumber. Oh, and yeah. oh my gosh! How yeah. how it's affecting you know pretty much anything building. Give us your take on on uh, pricing and is it going to come down and how horribly is it affecting us as a business? Well, um, yes, yes, and yes. So um, <laughs> prices right now are are pretty terrible for everyone. One of the latest articles that I've I've read said that as of last August, the increase in lumber pricing, because lumber pricing has been kind of a a slow and steady rise in the second half of last year. And then the first half, you know, the first few months of this year is when we really started seeing this kind of meteoric rise in pricing. Um, But as of last August, um, the price increase added to the average cost of a new home being built, $16,000. In February of this year, that had risen to $4,000. And then last month, it had risen to $36,000, just to give you an idea. So Um, that's increasing increasing the cost of the home. The same home would now be $36,000 more to to build today than it would be August of last year. Yeah, wow. Exactly. Um, one of my favorite examples is, you know, probably as of March of last year, March or April of last year, you could buy a eight foot stud, two by four stud for around five dollars a stud at, you know, our for favorite lumber yard. Mm-hmm. Um, right now that same stud is gonna cost you fourteen dollars. Wow. Um a half inch sheet of OSB plywood, a standard half inch by four foot by eight foot sheet of plywood. And that's used for uh, roof sheeting and stuff, right? Is that roof or is that, yeah, is that siding? Not so much roof, but uh, sheathing the outside of your house. So okay. Or to frame an exterior wall and you sheet it with OSB. Okay. 
Um, so March or April of last year, you can get that sheet for around $15 a sheet. Right now it is $87. Oh, my word. That's ridiculous. Yeah. How are you even handling uh, not just the expense, but the volatility of those prices? Well, basically what I'm telling all of our clients is I'm just being very upfront with them. And I'm telling them, you know, that the lumber industry, lumber costs are incredibly volatile right now, um, that we are literally having to check them on a weekly basis, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in putting together proposals. And we're telling them that, um, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Amy, do, do we have a contingency, you know, in, in our contract? I mean, that's, that's basically what you have to do is, is put a contingency or a clause or something in your... Yeah, we have an escalation clause that, yeah, that yeah. actually addresses right. this. Typically what we would do is we would give them, you know, uh, uh, guarantee the pricing for, I think it was 30 days... Um, it may have been longer than that, but right now I'm telling our clients that even if they accept our proposal in 30 days, we have to go back and review the materials costs to make sure that it's still good because they are rising, you know, the costs are rising so quickly right now. I mean, we've got literally, if you look between now and and last year, in just the past year, material costs have gone up almost four hundred percent. Wow! And they're and they're still going up. And you know the industry doesn't think that this is going to fade anytime soon. So we've just got this perfect storm of events that have caused this to happen. I don't think anybody really realized, but even before the pandemic, the the lumber industry as a whole across the country was already in kind of short supply. I mean, not short supply in the sense that for residential remodelers, you know, we weren't really seeing it um, because what happened was, you know, there was this huge contraction and consolidation uh, in, in the lumber industry after the 2008 housing crisis. Um, and the and the Great Recession, um, and uh, you know the, the lumber industry was kind of struggling to 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 catch up with with that to some degree, and then last year we got hit with the pandemic where you know it shut down um, plants everywhere for months. Um, And during that shutdown, even, you know, everybody thought that the housing industry and the uh, building industry was going to slow down dramatically. And that never really happened. Mm. So you've got this industry, this this building industry where, you know, it's still chugging right along, especially, you know, second half of of last year and going into this year. You've got uh, a lumber industry that's had plants shut down for months and now they're desperately trying to to catch up with the demand. And so is that why in the industry they aren't seeing this ending ending anytime soon? Should it at least start flattening out? I, I don't know. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I keep reading. I keep doing research. Um, and nobody really knows the answer to that right mm. now. 
Hmm. One of the things that the lumber industry is trying to do is, you know, when Trump was in office, he had slapped on a fairly high tariff of any lumber that was coming into the country from from Canada. Uh. So the lumber industry is, you know, is trying to work with Biden right now to pull back, you know, some of those tariffs to try and ease some of the cost a little bit that way. But I mean, that's just a tiny, you know, that's a that's a very small um, piece in the whole, you know, the whole machine. Um, yeah, but it just seems like know. if you can do anything, even just to stabilize it temporarily, right. that does it. I hadn't heard mm-hmm. that was going on. That's interesting. So it's a waiting game. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's going to be a waiting game. Personally, I think that, you know, it, it will flatten out. I honestly don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, I don't think it's going to happen until possibly fall. If then, it, you know, maybe not be till the end of the year. And even then, I don't think we are ever going to see lumber prices back to what they were last year, you yeah. know, the first beginning of last year. But once again, I, I have absolutely no idea what we would be looking at once it, it stabilizes. So as a homeowner, maybe put off some projects or just know that you're going to be that you won't mm-hmm. know your materials cost until you're actually in action building. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Any strategies you would give to somebody who still really does want to build the addition or go with the renovation, or is it just don't have as nice a cabinets <laughs> because you need to put it into the lumber? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be to lower your expectations as far as your finishes are concerned um, because there are certain, materials out there that don't seem to be, um, you know, rising nearly as much. Composite decking. Look at composite decking. If you want to build a deck, your framing lumber is going to just be astronomical right now uh, because composite decking is pretty much staying even as far as the cost of versus wanting to go with a, a, you know, a wood decking, you know, cedar or, or one of the more exotic woods. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's just one, one small example. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just like if, if, you're, if you're hell-bent on continuing to do your, your remodel or your addition or your, your dadu, um, you know, you're, if, if you're going to try and save any money at all, it's going to be in, um, in the finishes at this point in time. All right. Well, thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next, we're moving on to your questions, questions that have come in through askamy at amyworks.com. So if you have questions, go there and submit them to us so we can talk about them. All well, right. What did somebody ask this week? We've got a new DIYer um, that is wanting to replace their baseboard, um, and they have the the sculpted kind. It's got the the... It's not profile. Just a flat. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of, you know. There's a name for it, and I'm, I'm not coming to it right now. <laughs> however, um, so and, like an MDF type of thing. Do they have currently MDF or? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Instead yes, of wood. Yes. And what is MDF? Manufactured medium density fiberboard. Oh, yes. I was thinking manufactured dairy for Fridays. <laughs> There's something like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so they wanted to know uh, if they they should uh, replace their baseboard and how they should do it. And since since they were new, uh, my suggestion 
uh, has been that instead of using that sculpted, which, mm. you know, some people like, some people don't, is just to use what they call a flat stock or a square stock, which is just flat on the front, flat on the top. Mm. So when you're going to install it, you're not having to do angled cuts or coping or anything like that. It's just a 90-degree cut, one butts into the other, mm, and you're, right, you're done, right. and then you caulk so, it. So no miter corners. Right, you're not or... having to do anything anything fancy. Right. Um, yeah, so, um, and then along with that, if you're thinking about doing that type of type of project, what you're also going to look for is is uh, you're going to want to use uh, painter's caulk to caulk the seams and to caulk the top. Um, and then you'll want to... And is that uh, just an aesthetic thing? The, yes. The, the caulk well, for yeah, a baseboard? It is. It, it, it just makes it... Because sometimes the wall is not completely flat and you'll see where it's especially where you nail it in, it's tied up against the wall and where, you know, and then you got 16 inches between your studs and it kind of can kind of bow out um, occasionally. So right, you put right. that nice bead of caulk that it looks really clean and finished. Right, nice. Um, uh, and of course, spackle your nail holes. You know, you're using an 18-gauge nail, um, usually about either 18 or 16. Um, set them in below the surface. And uh, 18 to, is smaller than 16. yes. Yes. And what length do you think, you know, because those nails... I usually go with like a two-inch nail. A two-inch. Right, because you're going to go through, your baseboard's going to be an inch and a half, three-quarters of an inch. Then you're going to go through half an inch of drywall. Uh, and then you want to have it go through a good um, bit of your uh, stud that you're nailing into as well. Um, do you so have to hit a stud? Uh, well, yes, it's better to hit a stud. Um, otherwise, it's going it's not, it's not going to hold. Can you grab it, um, like, what if you can't find a stud? I mean, can that help you with, if you do a longer nail, can it kind of grab the drywall a little bit better and kind of, no, never no. works? No, it's half-inch drywall, half-inch drywall. Can you go, are you supposed to go up high or low? Like, could you grab a, a wall, uh, a toe board or something? The sill plate? Sure, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the board that's, that's horizontal and your studs sit on the, the, the sill plate. So um, couldn't you grab that one? You can try. It depends on how much your your floor is elevated, right? Uh, I mean, how big is your how big is your how thick is your subfloor, and then you've got underlayment, and what do you have on top of that? Uh, okay. um, so, but you can try to do that, and that, maybe that's a little, little angle easier. or something, right? A little angle down. Uh, what I typically do is I'll just uh, put my tape measure out, uh, you know, the the length of the wall or put pretty good distance. I'll find where there is one stud, and typically there's a stud on either side, one of the sides of an outlet. Mm, right, right. So I'll make sure that I've, I know where that stud is, and then I'll put uh, my 16-inch mark on there, and then I'll go typically 16 inches from there, and it's a, it's a pretty good bet. Works most of the time. <laughs> right. Most of the time. So, um, but that's, that's, always a, that's a good guide. Mm -hmm. um, uh, setting the nails. Um, with a uh, uh, nail punch and then filling those holes with um, spackle or wood filler or something so you can go back and you can just give them a really light sand to make it nice and smooth. Um, and so you then, don't have to use a power nailer. You could just do a hammer and a nail. You can, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be faster if you had a, a little nail gun, mm -hmm. um, but you can just do... It's kind of a pain to, to nail them by hand because you the, because the nails are so are, are small, right? You have more of a tendency to bend them, mm. and then that creates a bigger hole. And that's a kind of tool that's tricky because 
do you need to buy one? Because how often are you going to be changing your right. board? So that would be a good lending library. Mm-hmm. Or can you rent from the box stores? Yes. The home, so you could yeah. rent something like that right. just for the time that you wanted to use right. it. Or, you know, ask one of your neighbors, right? Do, do you have a nail gun? Do you have, you know, they may have a cordless one. Who knows? Right. Um, or Ooh, there's sweet. the online uh, ask nothing, buy nothing or something like that, right? Oh, I don't there, know that. Yeah, there's, there. you know, somebody needs, well, I need uh, two feet of ABS pipe because I've got this repair I need. And it's like, yeah, I got one laying around in my... Oh, you I need had, to. Oh, you should put that in the description because I, you know, when you do projects, like I have a little bit of leftover something. I'm never going to use that again, but I certainly don't want to throw it away. Right. So that sounds great. I yeah. Love that. Yep. I know. I know somebody that, that put a little backyard um, uh, shower kitchen kind of thing yeah. together, almost entirely with material that she got off of buy nothing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It was. It was great. It was great. Um. So yeah. Uh, baseboard, and then there is um, finishing it. You know, what's mm. what's the best way to to finish the baseboard? Um, some people like to paint it prior to installing it, so then you just have to do a little bit of touch-up. Um, some people would rather paint it after it's already been installed, and that's just, you know, personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, um, it's so much nicer, and you get such a better finish if you're able to actually spray it. As oh, opposed to brush yeah. or roller. Yeah. Um, and they do make these little sprayers, you know, paint sprayers that you can use. They actually have also, um, it's like a little aerosol uh, piece that goes on top of a glass jar that um, you can use to spray. Really? And, like yes. a mason jar or something? Well, not quite as big as a mason jar. It might be, you know, six ounces or something like that. And then on top of it, it's got this, this okay, aerosol It comes with pressure. the jar. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. And you can take it. And the only thing is you need to thin it out just a little bit. The paint, because, it, you know, latex paint sometimes can be incredibly thick. You thin it out just a little bit and you can spray it that way. Wow. So, that sounds but, like, is that readily available or is that an as seen on TV? <laughs> no, I, it's readily available. Um, I know that I've gotten them at. Oh, just neighborhood. Are um, they kind of one-offs? No, I don't so think the, so. So you can clean the nozzle and use it again? or Well, you're going to run out of the, the aerosol, right? Oh, you can keep yeah. the jar, right? And then you can buy just the, the aerosol part of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was pretty neat. I did some, um, I actually stained some woodwork, uh, some baseboard with it, and it worked out really well. Really? Like nice. Yeah, cause I like a painted, painted trim as opposed to... Uh, brush or roller it just it just like that nice smooth yeah smooth yeah. finish so great okay what else you got we got uh tools trips and ticks nope <laughs> out in the woods be very careful we've got tools tricks and tips yay even yeah. though we had like in the but in the baseboard we got some tips and we had some tools we did i just kind of went all over it I did. didn't i, <laughs> didn't I? um so going with that if you're going to be setting the nails in your in your mm. baseboard, right? So that's below the surface. There is a a, a uh, it's a spring loaded nail punch. Really? So it actually looks like well, there's a couple of different styles, but the one that I was thinking of when I wrote this was um, it's like two nail punches that are held together by a spring, mm. 
and you can buy them at uh, you can buy it at Sherwin Williams Paint Store. Um, I have never looked at it the bigger box stores, but but so because it has that spring, you 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 set the one nail punch onto the nail. You draw the spring out and let it go, and it comes uh, down and it you know hammers that hammers that in, and um, it works so great, really so great, so much better than doing it with your with your hammer, you know. And how many times do you hit your hand when you're trying to, right. you know, you're on the floor, right, which is uncomfortable to begin with, right. and you're trying to set all of these nails. It works really really well. That's and great. Yeah, spring loaded. Um, Oh, I can't remember the spring, spring tools, I think is one brand that's Mm. like that. And then there's other ones that you can actually adjust, um, how how deep it'll go and everything. Yeah. So, um, that's fantastic. That's a great little tool. That's That's great. That's one of those. Yeah. How many times are you going to use it? But it doesn't cost that much (laughs) and it's going to make life so much easier. Yeah. And it's a good party trick. It is. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that was kind of cool. And this is another one, but this is totally unrelated to anything we've talked about today. Um, and it's a toilet jack. I was so incredibly excited <laughs> to hear about this. I know. I'm a little weird. But um, have an employee who, um, you know, just, it's it's too much to uh, pull a toilet, right? The, the, the weight of it well, and it, how awkward. It's, it's not like, something small. It's, your like chiropractor you said, hates you when you do that. Right, I, right. I know. I know from experience it is just not a good, and try to get two people to do it, there's never enough room, and it's just it's just incredibly awkward. Right. And you, you, you move it, and you tip it, and it spills all over the place, and it's just, it's awful. There's a uh, a, now a toilet jack that's got like two arms that go underneath two little f- like two a little, little fork yeah like yeah yeah like a little toilet forklift kind yeah, of thing yeah. it goes underneath and it lifts it up <laughs> and and then it's got a tilt tilt on it so that you could actually install your wax ring underneath the toilet as opposed to putting it on the flange wow and your and it's got wheels on it so you'd be able to scoot it out of the way and yeah, it's pretty. That was the world waiting for that one. Yeah. And how often would you use it? It's, but it's still cool. Well, you know, and that's the thing about a lot of tools. You have your basics, and then you have the tools that you just need for that job. Right. You know, like you said, it's heavy. It's going to hurt you. It's it's hard to maneuver. You very will likely hurt it, you know, let alone spill it. You could chip it. Right. You know, if you ran against yep. it and hurt something else on it. So. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Can you rent those yeah. yet? I don't know. I don't know. Definitely should suggest it. Got to be someplace. Yeah. Because you're right. How many times are you going to need one in a lifetime? That's when you make friends. Right. Hey. Hey, I got one. Hey. You got a toilet, Jack? (laughs) I got a toilet, Jack. Get over here. (laughs) Yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty cool. So the last thing we have today, you have some remodeling advice, right? A little bit. Yeah. What are we talking about? We're talking about um, project delays. Ouch. Yeah. And um, what to do about them. It's mm. Really, there's not a whole lot you can do about them other than to be flexible and understanding. Um, unless, of <laughs> course. like a true concept. Exactly. Understanding. Please. <laughs> um, and it depends on how that, you know, why the delay is happening, yeah. right? Was it something that the contractor did incorrectly? Was it, uh, you know, a change order that the client wanted? It's like, oh, wait, instead we want we want this over here. 
Um, so that kind of bumps the schedule all over the place. And just understanding that they may happen. There's, there's a good chance that there may be a one or two day delay. Um, and that's why we often um, put that, put a buffer in mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. little bit of a, a, you know, time buffer in our schedule so that if we do come up with um, say plumbing rough in inspection didn't pass and they've got to come in and do something, it usually takes, you know, a day they'll come back in and, and get it all taken care of. And the inspector has to come back out um, so we have that little cushion, mm-hmm. um, and, and keep things moving on, but, um, just having that, okay, oh, all right, we know, we know this is going to happen. Um, and, and it, it's something that should be covered at the beginning of the job too, just kind of as a, okay, here's the things to expect. Yeah. Um, you know, here's where it might go sideways. Right, right. We're going to, we're going to hope not, and we're going to communicate with you as best we can. Um, so yeah. And just, again, that's another one of those. Uh, I think that's, it It comes up time and time again. You know, we've talked about some remodeling things and talked to people about remodeling. And that is a common theme that you really just, the more flexible you can be mm-hmm. about the unexpected, you know, that's, um, you'll have fewer when you build something new, but renovations, right. it's just a lot of unknowns and everybody's, you know, you have to trust your contractor that they're on your, you know, you're all on the same team. Right. You right. Know, we are trying to get this done for you. We right, are, we right. are working for you and, and definitely want to get it, get it done and have it done right. And, and then there's also, you know, all of the other stuff that's going on where appliances are, or, you know, 12 weeks out and, and lighting right. is, is, you know, hard to get a hold of too. lumber prices and lumber availability. So there's a lot of things we're working with right now. So, right. Um, and as patience a home, and flexibility. And as a homeowner, so like, well, do you expect the contractor to help you with that timing to say, okay, what appliances are you looking at? You know, let's get those ordered before we even start because we know that, you know, Bosch is six weeks out or right. seven weeks out and mm-hmm. things like that. Is that something that you can count on your contractor to help you with? It should be, yeah. I okay. mean, if, if you've already, you, you know that you're going to be working with this contractor and, and appliances or something that's going to be part of the project, um, I would get I would get those things ordered right away, mm-hmm. so that you know that's the thing we're not waiting on, right? The the entire kitchen is is complete, and we're waiting for the stove. That's an advantage. Little side uh, track, but I think that's one of the advantages of working with an appliance store rather than like a big box or an Amazon, and that you can get them ordered, but then you can set a delivery date mm-hmm. for later. Mm-hmm. So you're not sitting around with a garage full of appliances in the way of all the construction that you're doing. You can set that for a different delivery time right, right. Uh, when you get closer and know exactly. And I found them very flexible in doing that. And I thought that was a, a really nice perk of going through an appliance mm-hmm. uh, store. Like yeah, when Albert I did Lee my, or something like yeah, that. when I did my renovation, I had purchased my appliances, I think through, I think Costco and Home Depot. Both, I you know. Um, will they let you adjust the delivery? They will, um, but it was it was kind of hard because you had to call this certain number and mm. then you had to be transferred and then and unfortunately I had to change it like three different times and and so they were like this is the last time oh, you can right. change it. So go, <laughs> okay, just go ahead and deliver it. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit more of a hassle than than to uh, you know working with Albert Lee. I've heard great things about them. And just to address one more thing, and I know you won't want to address it. Uh-oh. Not everybody is as fine a contractor as you are. 
how is the best way to communicate? Let's say we have these delays. Um, is it squeaky wheel? Is it um, incessant? Is it all different kinds, whether it's the text and the phone and the email? What is the best way to get your attention when things get sticky, when things get hard? Um, you mean client to contractor? Client to contractor, yeah. Uh, well, for us, we have weekly status meetings. The project manager has a, a scheduled uh, status meeting, same time every week, um, to talk about the project and mm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, um, you know, they can call into the office. Uh, they can text. Um, we have a, a, a customer management um, platform that we use that you can message with that as well. So, you know, you send a message and it actually goes to me, it goes to the project manager. Um, so we've got multiple avenues to, to, to contact us, to, you know, talk to us. And, and um, one of those ways will work, if not all of them. Is it reasonable to, to ask for a weekly status from like a smaller contractor? So let's say they don't have an office and, and many staff that maybe it's a, you know, a one, one person shop. Um, is, is that reasonable to say, hey, can we talk once a week? I think you know? so. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, are you working, are you working from home and you're talking to them every day, you know, or, or. I mean, you don't want to waste their time and right. take up their time that they could be working. Right. But and, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, a 30 minute, 30 minute meeting once a week to say, okay, this is, this is what we've gotten done. This is what's next. These are the issues that we've had. Um, so just so that everybody is on the same page. And also, if there's any time where there's an issue that comes up immediately, like we, we open the floor and we find that we have rotted joists that we need to, to mm -hmm. address, well, that's going to be an immediate, you know, we're going to talk to you. Right, right, uh, right. And, and, and get that information to you. Yeah. Sounds and, yeah, it doesn't always happen. I mean, general contractors have a horrible reputation of not being good communicators. Um, but we try and be a little different there. <laughs> right. And I guess that's all I was asking is that to not exacerbate the situation because contractors are people, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and they can get frustrated and mad at a problem or even mad at a mistake that they even made. It just, you know, right. I think to give everybody a little, little bit of breath. Right. I and some it. of them are incredible craftsmen. That's the things. They're absolutely incredible craftsmen and, mm. and can do incredible work in the house. But they just don't have that that business sense or the customer service sense. I mean, they can go in and and they can just give you this beautiful kitchen, but to talk to you or to answer your phone calls or listen to your email or listen to your voicemails, yeah, you know, that's just not it's just not part of who they are. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. Well, and I mean, that's like you say, they're they're artists in ways, right. and so there's a trade off. Do you want someone who's going to communicate exactly like you do? You know, or can you amend, you know, what you need and what you really need rather than just kind of what you want on mm -hmm. updates things. And I think that's a good point that um, they're very, they're going to be uh, talented in many other ways. Right. And mm -hmm. and you have to know what type of personality you want to be working with too. Right. And, right. and that's a question we ask when we're doing a, a kind of an intake um, is what, what parts of this are most important to you? Mm -hmm. And you should be doing it as an interview. Um, when you're, when you're trying to find a contractor, um, and, you know, don't necessarily go for the lowest price because you may find yourself just pulling your hair out and, and hating the experience, 
um, because this person that you can't stand is in your house for for eight weeks, and yes. you can't communicate with them. Right, right. So it's like you know, communicate. And eight weeks is like, going to feel like eight months. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you you want to interview and and make sure that that you can communicate and you feel good and safe and you feel like you can trust them and that they hear you. Right, right. Yeah. Good point. Thank good you. advice. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Do you have anything else for us? That's it. If you've got any questions, just. You know, shoot us an email at askamy at amyworks.com and we will uh, bring it on another episode. Sounds great. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.